the things that Jesus said and did, he said and did, regardless if anybody was ever there to witness it. But we, here today, and every Christian, since he walked and talked and spoke and did things on this earth and his ministry, we know and believe that he said and did those things thanks to his messengers. Paul says, how can anybody believe to the Romans if they haven't heard? And how can anybody hear if nobody's preached to them? If, how can anybody preach to them if nobody is sent? John the Apostle, who we are remembering this evening, had his own version of that at the end of his gospel. He said, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, just as important as the actual message itself, the fact that it happened, is that the message becomes a message. That is, that it gets shared with people, that people hear of it, hear what he did, hear what he said. We must share the good news of Jesus Christ, because how can we really call it good news if nobody ever does the telling, if nobody ever speaks it to other people? And so it is, each one of us here, in our own way, owes a debt of gratitude to the dear Christians who have told us about Jesus, who have shared the message of good news about our loving Savior, from our parents and grandparents, to our Sunday school teachers, and yes, certainly, to the apostles and evangelists themselves. As less is known about Andrew, who we started our midweek Advent services talking about, a lot more is known about John, a lot more than most of the people you could have a saint's day for. We know that Paul, the apostle, wrote half of the New Testament. Well, coming in, not a close second, but certainly second, is John the Evangelist, writing five books. The Gospel, which bears his name, first, second, and third, John, and the revelation of St. John. Also, we know that John himself appeared frequently in the Gospels during our Lord's ministry alongside Jesus at pivotal points in his life and work. Also, like his brother James, John was a fisherman. Another, another inner circle member of uh, Jesus' inner circle, Peter, also a fisherman. And we know this, he was certainly by far the youngest disciple. Probably the guy that had to go out and get water and things like that. You know. and we know that later on, of course, on Good Friday, Jesus himself charged John to take care of his mother. He said, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. An honor that John probably got, not just because he was the youngest, but because he didn't cut and run like the other disciples did. And our Lord was being scourged and finally crucified. We also know this about John. He did run to the empty tomb. Passing even Peter there in the last stretch, he makes sure to tell us in his gospel, getting there first to look in and see that the Lord was indeed not there. The tradition tells us that John is the only one of the twelve, with Matthias replacing Judas, the only one of the twelve disciples who didn't die a martyr's death, but died a natural death of old age, probably around the year 100 on the island of Patmos in the Mediterranean. And then tradition says he was buried at Ephesus 
later on. But like all the rest of the saints we've looked at this Advent, and we could look at it any other time in the church year, we honor John not because of all of these things or anything else that could be said about him as a man, but we honor John because of the good news of Jesus Christ that he brought to Christ's holy church. You've probably heard the term before over the years, the synoptic gospels. And that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first three gospels. They're called the synoptic because they are very similar in their structure. Each one of them is kind of, for the most part, telling the same story. Um, but then you have John, who's just sort of out there, and he's telling the same story, but including different details, kind of a different timeline from the rest of them. He was on the other side of the street, as it were, when he witnessed with the accident, or whatever you want to have as a metaphor. And thanks to John, you have a different vantage point, and learn a lot of different things that you wouldn't have learned or didn't learn if you just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of those things that we learn from John in particular are miracles that he performed or events during our Lord's ministry. You know about Lazarus and the raising of Lazarus from John's Gospel. You know about Jesus Christ showing a deep measure of mercy to that woman caught in adultery because John made sure to write it down. And you know that when our Lord instituted his supper on Maundy Thursday, he also washed his disciples' feet. You see, thanks to John, we have these stories. And also, thanks to him, we don't just have the stories of what happened, but we also have a little bit of a commentary about why they happened, the truth that is behind them. We see when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead that he was truly man, having a deep compassion, weeping for his dead friend Lazarus. We see the depths of his mercy as he shows mercy to that woman caught in adultery about to be stoned to death. It also gives a little lesson on hypocrisy to the people that were about to stone her. And also, we know from John, including that episode of the washing of the disciples' feet, an illustration of how he truly did come to serve, not himself to be served. And thanks to John, we also have a very good theology of Jesus Christ being the Word of God incarnate. Instead of the nativity at the beginning of his gospel, instead of telling us the Christmas story that we already heard from Matthew and Luke, John tells us about creation, how Jesus was the Word by whom all things were made. And without John and his books that he wrote that we have in our New Testament canon, which is the list of holy books in the Bible, without John we wouldn't know these words, that Jesus is the bread of life. We would not know that Jesus is the resurrection of the and the life. We would not know of John the Baptist's words, that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Without John, we would not have heard that greater love hath no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Without John, we would not know, as we had in our second lesson, the epistle, that God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Without John and Revelation, we would not know that each one of us that are in Christ have a future to look forward to before the throne of the Lamb in heaven, where God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Without John, we would not know what Luther called the little Bible, 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, John, the evangelist, who we remember tonight, his true value is that of all the church's saints. Not because he was a great, wonderful person, or because he knew himself someone wonderful, but because he proclaimed that wonderful person he knew. He proclaimed Jesus Christ to the church. For any of this to have any value, to have anything at all, any of this Christian stuff, and God stuff, or whatever you want to call it, it must proclaim Jesus Christ is the crucified and the risen Lord of glory. And that's exactly what John, St. John did. The disciple whom Jesus loved, loved Jesus. And he loved his church enough to tell us as much as he could about Jesus. And so, on his feast day, December 27th, the third day of Christmas, as you are singing about three French hens, remember John the Evangelist. Remember St. John. More than that, remember the Savior who John proclaimed to you. Amen.